thanks for joining us again. Christmas episodes, Jared. Back to back. Mm-hmm. Starting with, could we, would you call this horror? Bordering. Bordering on. Bordering on horror. Tonight's episode, Rare Exports. You've been trumpeting this for fucking five years and I've been cutting well, you off at the knees every yeah, time. Yeah, you've been cutting me off at the knees and making me watch other <laughs> bullshit, so it's about time we watch this one. Okay, so we're in. Room for rear exports. We're also going to do another one next week. Obviously, Christmas episode, action-related. And, we, you know, who knows? We might be able to see if we can't get something else in there. I had tossed up some, another horror movie that you... You never really commented on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it was a fucking little little gems during Malcolm McDowell called Silent oh, Night. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Believe I've got it on Blu-ray. Yeah, you do. You've now got I it. I did have it for a while. I may still have it. You do. Yeah, do I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm planning on, <laughs> planning on putting it in someone's stocking that has been naughty this year, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I brought that up, but let's we'll see how that plays out. But tonight, obviously, rare exploits. Exports, Jared. What have you been watching in the in the interim? Watched a few bits and pieces. Uh, watched the second part of the uh, He-Man Revelations series on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Quite enjoyed it. Didn't enjoy it as much as the first one, but it's a quality bit of work. If you if you were a He-Man kid growing up, I think it's well worth checking out. Yeah. I watched the movies that made us another episode. I watched RoboCop. How's that? Yeah, look, it was, was Verhoeven good. on there? It was pretty good. No, it, it, Verhoeven wasn't on there, but there was plenty of people talking about yeah, Verhoeven and they're talking about, you know, how um, numerous people mentioning, yeah, yeah, if you brought up a bit of an issue, he'd turn around and say, that's not my problem. Yeah, <laughs> 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 you know, he was worried about the directing and nothing else in his mind at all. Honestly, I fucking love that bloke. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> fucking awesome. Yeah, it's... Um, the, the, Biggest thing for me was the stories about Peter Weller because I've heard, you know, Peter Weller, when you see him in interviews, he seems like a very kind of highbrow bloke who doesn't suffer fools and whatnot. But I hadn't heard too much about him on Robocop. So it was good to kind of dive into that and get a few stories (laughs) about him. Did a few people fucking stitch him up? He didn't come off well. He did not come off well. Um, Basically, there was a section where they spoke about how he was trying to make Robocop have kind of like ballet type movements and shit like that and um, there was one story where it kind of pushed to the point where they said he wanted to rewrite the Prime Directives Mm. he fucking carried on about rewriting the Prime Directives and turned them into this long winded kind of bullshit and someone eventually just said look Peter this is a fucking robot who doesn't know he's a man like we don't need this. We just need the simple kind of lines or whatever. And eventually, it got to the point where one of the producers told him to fucking tell his story, walking and called his agent and said, if this bloke doesn't fucking pull his head in, I will eat the budget to reshoot everything because he's being a fuck, you know, he's being a fuckwit, basically. <laughs> and so they started shooting parts with a stuntman. And everyone was like, well, the stuntman complains a lot less than Peter and all this sort of stuff too. <laughs> and uh, some of that had an impact. And he came back and kind of stopped butting heads with Verhoeven and kind of did what he was asked. It's um, just, look, it's it's just a... And obviously look, Verhoeven would be a difficult man to work with. He I'd would say. be. And I, I can imagine if, if, um, <laughs> if Peter problem, was doing that, <laughs> Verhoeven would be fucking blowing up and telling him to just do what he's asked and all that. <laughs> like, it would be a clash. And... There's a place for people like Weller who who have these who have these kind of ideas and want to add their spin on it, but sometimes if you have been hired to do a role, you just do it as as asked. You know, especially when, as they said, you're a robot who doesn't know you're a man. But also, your name's fucking Peter Weller, not yeah. fucking Al Pacino. Correct. And so he was you haven't off, got anywhere to go. You haven't got a pull. He was coming off Buckaroo Bonsai, which I believe didn't do well financially. Peter, so, take yeah. anything you can get. Yeah. Now, you, you took the role based on what you read. Yeah, Did exactly. you not? Exactly. So are you not happy with what was given? Yeah, this is, the, this is the thing for me. I like, you know, I'm not saying that there's not a place and there's not a room for interpretation, but sometimes it's just... This is how it was written, and this is what we're after. If you have a suggestion and we say no, don't be difficult. You've been hired to do a role. Yeah. So if you put a suggestion out there and the director says, no, that's not what we want, unfortunately, he's it's not what we want. <laughs> that's right. If you're directing it and acting in it, go for your life. 
I mean, no, fucking... why, why not try the old, old old thing of you do it exactly as it is on the page? Yeah. Then when if you get then another couple different. of takes, you yeah. take another go at it. Um, and then when you know when we look at the dailies and see the shot of Robocop looking like he's in the Nutcracker or something, we say, <laughs> yeah, "Cut that one, <laughs> Peter." Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no more of that shit. <laughs> Exactly. But, yeah, just, I don't know, it's just distasteful because it comes across as, I, I keep saying it, I just don't understand these people that need to be, I mean, Tom Hanks is one of the greatest actors we've ever seen. He's not a difficult person to work with. <laughs> I know. We've had this conversation before. I mean, Nobody don't... said fucking Hanks is a cunt. Like, exactly. no Nobody. And I think it's just, it, it comes down to, like, you don't have to be difficult to be an artist. Yeah, yeah, um, Keanu Reeves is another one. Yeah. Nobody's ever said, fuck Reeves, prick. That's right. <laughs> I believe, um, you know, there's, there's plenty of guys going around at this point that put the work in and don't get this reputation. So I don't, I just don't understand why it needs to be. Oh, there was also a makeup artist who was like... It wasn't Rob Bateen, was it? Uh, no, it was, I think it was one of the assistants that was putting on some of the bits in the morning or whatever, and he said... Every day, Peter would be fucking grumbling and telling this and that. And eventually, one day, one day, I said, "Fuck off, Peter." And he goes, "From that point on, he said, oh, I like you.' Yeah, <laughs> that was it. Yeah, it just sounds like yeah. So Peter seemed to just be tossing his weight around until somebody said, "Listen, just cut it out. You're being a dick." But the thing too is, it always seems like when you read about Robocop, a lot of people kind of treated the material as kind of shit. Yeah, even yeah. Verhoeven said, yeah, yeah. first time he read it, he thought it was a piece of crap and threw it out." Yeah. yeah. But yet the movie is fucking far deeper than that. Like, I don't understand why it's it had such a reputation, I think, from the get-go that it wasn't going to be anything good. Mm. I think the script obviously had all those ideas in it, and it would have been really interesting to read, I would have thought. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think the name of it scared a lot of people. Yes, they bring that up. They do bring that up, how they the, the name kind of, you know, the producers kind of got it on their desk and said, "What the fuck is this?" You know, but yeah, it was good to good to check out because yeah. it was another one that I haven't seen a, a huge deal on. What else did I watch? Uh, Behind the Monsters, I finished. Where you had to? Uh, Jason and Pinhead. I finished those episodes. How was Jason? Jason was all right. Did we talk to some Jasons? Yes, there's a few of them. I believe there's people like Ari Lehman. I think CJ Graham was in there. I can't remember. I think Kane Hodder's in there. I can't remember. I've been watching interviews with Kane Hodder after the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game was announced, so I can't remember whether that's kind of in my in my head as being in the episode. But, yeah, it was okay. It's it's another one where I was more looking forward to the other episodes because yeah, we've seen we so know much. so much about Jason. Yeah. And the Pinhead episode I really enjoyed. Yeah. I thought it was really good, actually. They talked to Doug Bradley and a little bit of Clive Barker, mainly from kind of archive footage, yeah. I think. But it's yeah, it's really interesting again because you di- it, we haven't seen this kind of treatment given to Pinhead as much. So it was another good one. I, I, it was like the Candyman for me, where I yeah, you needed you, you're getting some information about it, getting something a bit different and some takes from from people, which was uh, quite enjoyable. And I watched Chucky. I watched the whole season. Finished of Chucky. it. Yeah. Finished it. How was it? Yeah, quite enjoyed it. I liked how they brought everything together. You know, the sort of Curse of Chucky and Cult of Chucky. Because there was some weird shit in the middle that I didn't understand. Yeah, that was all to do with Curse Curse of Chucky, more Cult of Chucky as well, which had started in there. I kind of appreciated that they brought all those legacy kind of characters in and brought Nika in from those two movies. And Fiona's a riff. Fuck, she's pulling triple duty. She's playing, you know... She's playing (laughs) Charles Lee Ray. Playing Charles Lee Ray, playing Nika, and then playing, playing Nika with with Chucky inhabiting the body and shit yeah. like that. So she was, she certainly earned a cash. She did yeah, a yeah. job. Yeah, good fun. Good fun. I quite liked it. It felt like some of the characters that were brought back didn't didn't do as much. Yeah. But, you know, I kind of got that, that that was a bit of the fan service and sort of a bit of a treat for people that have been following the series for a long time. So I was kind of always expecting that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, overall, quite enjoyed it. Yeah. And then movies-wise, I got through a couple, actually. Any shit in there? Oh, always. Plenty of. Always. Yeah. So, I saw a little flick on Tubi called Blood Rage. Oh, yeah. It was a slasher. It's a slasher, yeah. Is it uh, any good? 
It was okay. Yeah. Had a, had a couple of reasonable sequences. A couple of couple of interesting acting performances. Uh, some very silly shit, as you would expect. Yeah. Mostly pretty good. The the, the uh, effects, although there wasn't a whole lot of effects, there was a couple of scenes that were fucking outrageously over the top of the, the effects uh, area, yeah. which was, was quite amusing. Yeah. I watched Kid 90, which Kid was 90. the Amazon doco from the girl who played Punky Brewster. Oh, really? She basically took a video camera everywhere she went from... When she was, a, it was a bit like Val Kilmer. And what was it like? It was okay. It was all right. They they kind of tried to wrap it up with this this group of kids, like there's people like Brian Austin Green and Stephen Dorff and that that are growing up in Hollywood. Do they talk on it? Yeah, yeah. They they come and have a little chat about it. Look, it was reasonably interesting to see some of these people behind the scenes. I guess hmm. the unsettling thing was the amount of them who who've died. There was a lot of them who had died. I think there was a, a, about fucking... Who, who she had had... She had, you know, spent fair amounts of time with... You know, there's, there's people like Jonathan Brandis. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Dorff's brother, I believe. Yeah. Also died quite young. There's about fucking ten of them on there that, that died quite young. Fuck. Which, which some of it's sort of tied to the industry that they're in and what they're getting into at that sort of age. Yeah, dec- decent enough little, little watch. Interesting. I cracked open Apple Plus, Adam. Apple TV Plus. Watched a little doco called Twas the oh, Fight Before Christmas. Fucking hell. <laughs> oh, I haven't watched that, but uh, I heard it was all right. <laughs> it's good. It's a good doco. Man, the bloke in there is one of the most unreasonable... Uh, I think he's a lawyer. And it, what he does is just so completely fucking unreasonable. And he starts to to wrap it up in this religious discrimination kind of bent. He's a fucking lunatic. He's a loose cannon. And so, yeah, it's quite interesting. Mainly, I mean, really, it's just about a bloke initially who loves Christmas and loves the Christmas lights and loves doing it up so much that he starts putting on essentially a fucking festival in his street. And then he moves to a new a new place that's got like an owner's... Um, I can't remember what it's called, but like it's like the body corporate. It's like a body corporate. Yeah. What we call a body corporate with all these rules. So basically, being a lawyer, he fucking just comes in and says, "Look, I'm going to buy this house, and I've read the rules, and there's nothing in here that says I can't do this. So I'm just letting you know that I'm doing." It. And everyone basically says, "We don't want this. We don't want it in our street," which is perfectly reasonable because he blocks off the street. You know, people having to get bust in and all this sort of stuff, and. He takes it as, in their response, they mention, you know, there's people of multiple religions here, they may not may not enjoy it, whatever. He latches onto that and then starts basically going on with, you are discriminating against me because I'm Christian. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake. And the guy is just, he's an asshole. He's one of the most unreasonable fucking characters I've seen in a, in a long time. He's just off on his own planet, self-important. Yeah, um, but it's it's highly entertaining. There's a little bit of there's a little bit of Joe Exotic about the bloke. Yeah. He's just a little bit, little more in, intelligent, <laughs> not making music. Fucking hell! I'd rather that. I think so. I think so. Uh, I watched Encanto with the kids. Yeah, how's that? Disney one, not bad, yeah. not bad. No time to die, Adam. You did I, speak had, about I did this. say this. Yeah. You did speak about. I this. did say this. Quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I did. think there's aspects of it that have been. Slightly overrated, somewhat. There was there was points of it that I felt dragged a bit. Oh yeah, yeah. And too, really, too long, too long. At Fuck. the end of the day, bar one, bar one element of this, there's not really anything new about it. No, absolutely not. But I felt it hit the marks of that of the Daniel Craig period very yeah. well. I think it ended fantastically. Yeah, I really appreciate the way it kind of ended because I knew that's where they'd been going the whole way. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil it, obviously, but. You know, you in the past they never wrapped these up. Yeah. You know, Roger Moore just fucking boffed the Timothy Dalton away. That's right. And I kind of feel like the Craig era had always had this in mind. Yeah. That that's what it was going to be. It's going to be one whole story, and that's it. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate the fact that that's kind of where they wanted to go. Yeah. My biggest issue. Is uh, look, I would probably place it. It's middle tier of Daniel Craig's. I, I reckon Skyfall is better. Oh yeah, Skyfall's I the think best. Casino Royale is possibly better. Debatable, but 
the other Daniel Craig ones are definitely below. Yes, I had it. I actually had it second, just ahead of Casino Royale. Yeah, um, oh. and then you know Spectre, then fucking Quantum of Solace, which fucking no freak wants to watch. Yeah, no one wants that. Yeah. I, I love what they did with Felix Leiter and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I love yeah. bringing Jeffrey Wright back for a little bit more, some a little bit more meat for him. Some of that stuff was good. Um, there was look, there was predictable elements as you would, as you would go with a Bond. The problem for me was there was a couple of characters that just drifted in and out that were yeah good yeah they were good and I was like I want more of that didn't get so much of it but overall good action sequence couple of really good action sequences. oh the opening actually. one at, in Italy or whatever with the fucking motorbike stuff and all that that's fucking gold yeah that stuff is awesome yeah yeah some of that was really good but yeah definitely worth a view definitely yeah. two hours and thirty minutes so fuck yeah, fuck Daniel Jesus Jesus yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah check. Check, uh, go onto the websites and just double check what the best time to take a piss break is. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what I needed to do. I was desperate. I got out of there. During a, I must admit, though, Jared, you know when he goes to Jamaica? Yeah. Meets yeah, up yeah. with Lighter and they're in the nightclub? I was yeah. just thinking, oh, I would have been right at home on the piss with this place. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. I'd have been loving yeah. life up there. Oh, I could see you in the back there just kind of, you know, doing the, doing the sprinkler on yeah, the dance yeah, floor yeah. or something like that. Oi, oi, JB, get out here. Yeah, another round, mate. <laughs> yeah, put it on the corporate card, you fucking prick. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, and then uh, I got on to The Last Days of Night, which was a, a ESPN 30 for 30 on Bobby Knight. Oh, Bobby Knight. I don't want to talk about it too much because obviously we're not a sports podcast. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Just briefly, it's just a classic case of because someone was really good at something, we forget the fact. Maybe this is a little bit of Peter Weller here too. Mm. We forget the fact that you're a massive asshole. Yeah, and and just overlook it and don't worry about it. It's just so it's just such a troublesome thing. And these people that get you know they get it, it comes back to bite them, but then they still sit there and they're like, oh fucking, I've done nothing wrong. Well, you have. You've been a prick. You've physically assaulted people. Uh, you've walked out into your locker room with your pants around your ankles and a fucking freshly wiped bit of toilet paper to describe to your team that you played like shit. I mean, that's inappropriate, mate. <laughs> so. To, to, to sit up there and fucking wish people were dead that were involved in the investigation and stuff. I mean, the guy's a scumbag. The comment he made about rape is one of the most fucking deplorable things I've ever heard in my life. And if it was today, he would have been sacked on that alone. So I just, yeah, I, I can't stand guys like this that just get away with stuff because they but, are. And let's not, let's, you know, let's, let's not let's, beat around it. The guy is a legendary basketball coach. He's but let's not beat coach. around it. Let's beat around it a little bit further. You need le- legendary basketball players. To win titles, yeah, it's not just you. And he had some of the best, yeah. And, and but he certainly did get get some things out of some some players. But that doesn't excuse. And I'm all for the modern day of. Yeah, we want the best basketball coach, but you're also held to a fucking code of conduct and a standard here, because he was not. For a long, long time, well, he was a product of the seventies and the eighties. Yeah, right? yeah, of course. But even then. You know, uh, he got it. He he also had a bloke in charge who was was kind of letting him get away with a bit of it. And as they 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 pointed out that um, he basically ran the show at the university. I mean, he didn't have. There was a point where they they brought up a rumor that he kicked the fucking the head of the university out of practice for talking too loud. And the guy denied it, but everyone was like, "No, I saw that. It, it mm-hmm. did happen." And they were basically saying this is this is just an example of he had no one fucking coming down on him. Yeah. So yeah, it just it just pisses me <clears> off. It's a sad it, part of fucking sport. Yeah. And the, you know the people that fucking the people that rolled on him got called. Oh yeah, you just couldn't handle it and all all sorts of shit. But then of course you know a video came out backing this guy up. But then when the video comes out, people are still saying, oh, but it didn't happen exactly how he said it. Well, he still fucking grabbed the guy by the throat in the middle of practice. So that that shouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's I don't know, it, it pisses me off a little bit. Then I got into my Christmas viewing, Adam. Okay, here we go. Home Sweet Home Alone. Ooh, rick of a film. I mean, it's, it, it, I, I, <clears throat> I didn't heed the warning. Yeah, did did you, like me, wonder why they switched? I mean, essentially the kid was the villain. Yeah, yeah, because... And but, it was horrendous. But he wasn't. This is the thing. It was like... It was two misunderstood points of view. And it's like... But so now when these when this couple who have been wronged 
are trying to right the wrong yeah. in a... In and they're a, getting absolutely pummeled yeah, by this I kid. I can't laugh at that. No, and that's why the first one works. Yeah. Because the wet bandits are fucking criminals. Yeah, that's right. And we can laugh at them getting a bit of comeuppance. I did laugh at the fart gag. Oh. I mean, the fact that he's still farting in the midst of apologising, highly amusing. <laughs> he's there going, I'm sorry, and it's still going. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Talking about nuance on a fart gag. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they thought that through. <laughs> <laughs> and my biggest problem was they, they pos- composited a fucking prison rape joke at some yeah, yeah. point. And I was just like, this is a movie for kids. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was it was shitful. Prick of a movie. And uh, I'll tell you what. What's the the name of the the actress who was in it? Ellie Kemper. Fuck, she's she's better than that. Yeah, come she on. She is. I mean, she's come off The Office. Yeah. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which I haven't watched, but, but I've it was well good. regarded. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, you don't take yeah. that. You go back to your agent. Your agent say, says end up no. This? Your agent doesn't even bring this to you. Your agent says, no, thank you. This is yeah. a few tiers lower. This is where you're going. Yeah. Look for someone. Look for people in the hallmark bracket. Screams like I signed a three-picture contract somewhere or something, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's what I reckon. Um, signed a three-picture contract with Disney and went, they went, fucking here you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah this. It, but I, my biggest problem with it is, and I think I brought this up last episode, it just showcases it. One of the problems with streaming is this is the kind of shit you get. Yeah, Disney just, doesn't care. Does, Disney has no interest in this. It's because it's going straight to Disney. But Park, see, so. the issue for me is Disney have done better. Like the stuff they've produced for Star Wars, they put in the work. The stuff they've produced for Marvel, they've put in the yeah, work. Yeah, I know, but, but I guess it's the people under that. People will not cop shit from those two. Like well, Star Wars and Marvel, <laughs> the expectation is much higher. Yeah, there's going to be money. There's going to be money it. spent and actors um, of note. Look, this screamed cheap and nasty, cheap, fair for them. Yeah, and I like I can't blame them for that. I don't think you, well, know, you need product. The Damn. money's yeah, the money's going where it should. They have the rights to Home Alone. They say we can knock this out. Cheapest chips. <laughs> Ellie Kemper's got a contract with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we've got a fart gag too that's very nuanced <laughs> that we've been waiting to use. Yeah, yeah. Wait till you see it. The bloke's apologising while he's still dropping his guts. He has to apologise a couple of times. It's brilliant. Oh, shit. Holy shit. Speaking of cheap Christmas fare, Adam, yeah. I don't know why I watched this, but I was fucking out here putting up a TV cabinet. And I just grabbed the remote control and chucked on Stan, and the first thing on there was an Aussie rom-com called <laughs> Christmas on the Farm. I thought, yeah, fuck, it's got a couple of actors that I've seen before, and I'll, ch- I'll chuck it on. I finished it while I was out here knocking the cameras together. I couldn't speak much more about it. No. <laughs> it's pretty average. Uh, a couple of giggles here and there, but not, not much. Look, look, me and my wife do the Christmas movies every year. Yeah. Through December. Yeah. We just find any shit that's out there, we haven't seen because Netflix, Stan, all of them do a fresh batch and every there is year. Hallmark films up Hallmark the fucking Stan. So we go right. We're getting on there. We do all those. The problem with Christmas movies is you do need to accept what they are, yeah. Because you know they won't be putting much in there that yeah, oh, yeah. you would consider. You know they don't put a lot of obstacles in people's way. Yeah. To, look, this is this we is did see one. This is middle tier, and I would say I have not watched many Hallmark films. I have come across them on the soup more than anything else. <laughs> but I could probably guarantee this is better than a Hallmark. Possibly, yes. But it's not a great film. No, we watched one called Love Hard, <laughs> and it was kind of um, I was expecting oh it God. to be really, really bad. Yeah, and it wasn't really bad. It was actually all right. Because it was a little bit more bawdy than your usual one. And there was a joke, I must admit. <laughs> She's at the bar and she overhears these two clowns further down the bar and one of them goes, and so they said to me, would you like to have a good memory or a large penis? And the, bloke, the other bloke goes, and what'd you say? And he goes, I can't remember. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, Excellent stuff. That's the sort of shit you're getting. It's always going to be a romantic angle, and there's always going to be, like, in a lot of these things, a kind of a, 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 a hook 
Yeah. A, a, a hook that they're, they'll hang it on. Yeah. So most of them was, are standard. This, this is exactly that. It yeah. That she's trying to, she's found her mother's journals, she's written them up as a book, her publisher says, no, this would be better if it was you. Yeah. And then the publishers say, we want to come and spend Christmas on the farm with you. Yeah. She's got to pretend to be her mum. So, so yeah, the standard That's sort of the fair. hook. Standard fare. I couldn't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> you won't recommend it. I won't recommend it, especially given we are a, a, a horror and action, action movie, movie podcast. podcast. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the other one was... Uh, the other one was it's the Christmas season, I guess. The last one I watched, Adam, was in that wheelhouse. I finally got... Thankfully, it's on Shutter now, and I didn't have to try to watch it on YouTube. Christmas Evil. Ah, yes. How was um, that? It's actually pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's very good. Like, it's uh, it's not gory. It doesn't have a lot of kills or anything like that. But it's a fucking interesting little... Uh, you know, some of the reviews I've looked at have described it as, like, Taxi Driver, kind of. Yeah. Um, I, I felt like a little bit of a one-hour photo vibe, where mm. you're spending a bit of time with this guy that's watching other people and... He fucking he's he's lost his mind and he's essentially hits his point where he he becomes tries to become Santa Claus and starts doling out you know the naughty and nice yeah. sort of shit. But I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was very good actually. You, did of, you do it with Joe Bob? Joe Bob? I did. I did do it with Joe Bob. Um, I think he did it about two years ago. I think it was twenty twenty when he did Deadly Games and this. So yeah, it was quite interesting that the acting performances are actually really solid. Oh, that's all right. Um and it's an interesting little piece to watch. I mean it's it's got common things with something like Silent Night, Deadly Night, but it's a very different movie. Yeah. And I think it's probably a better movie. That said, I will be watching Silent Night, Deadly Night <laughs> again in the of coming course. days. <laughs> you know what I wish I could find, which we could put on here for Christmas? Shit like To All a Good Night or fucking Don't Open Till Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That kind of schlocky fair oh, that I'm, was back in the 80s. Oh, where is that stuff? I'm I mean, digging them up. Shut I'm up. To dig them up. Shut, shut up. Start fucking looking into this. Yeah, I even delved, I delved onto YouTube trying to find Silent Night, Deadly Night 3 and all sorts of shit. I couldn't find any of them, so <laughs> I'm trying... Yeah, I'm, I'm looking through. There's a couple on Shutter that I will be watching, but um, yeah. yeah, I need a bit more of that sort of stuff. Yeah, agreed. So that is everything for you? That's everything. Okay. Too long. I, of course, watched No Time to Die. Yep. For some fucking reason, I just sat down one day and started watching Snakes, snakes on a Plane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, look. Good viewing. Looking back on it. Nah. Yeah, it wasn't. It, it, look, it's, it's, it's kind of idea. It's kind of fun in parts. And, you know, Sammy Jackson, just effortlessly cool. You know, it, it, it plays perfectly for him. Mm. But it's kind of crap. Yeah, yeah. It's crap. It is. Um, there's an Australian bloke in it. Yeah, Nathan Who Phillips. is fucking awful. Yeah. I believe he uh, I believe he farms marijuana these days. Does he? I think so. Well, shit, he looked like he was smoking it. <laughs> <laughs> His performance was low-key, <laughs> I think I would say. Okay. Yeah, not a very good film. I watched the first episode of Only Murders in the Building on Disney Plus mm-hmm. with Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. Yep, really good. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Those two together should should get should generate some laughs. But <laughs> yeah. it's actually got that kind of hook of true crime podcasts and stuff like that, mm. and it looks like yeah, you know, kind of that murder mystery sort of mixed with a bit of comedy, which might work. Um, and I've heard nothing but good things about it. And then the last one, Jared, you checked out, but I checked out Hard Target 2. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> you I know what? <laughs> I gave it a three. Yeah. yeah I it it, it kind of knew where its wheelhouse was and yes. did it pretty well. Yep. Uh, for the most part, some of the fight scenes aren't very well done near the end. They, they kind, yeah, of, yeah. kind of fall over a little bit. They try and get a little bit too fancy on a small budget and it doesn't really work. Yep. But, mate... Scotty Atkins has been fucking... He deserves better. Yeah. To me, Atkins is a guy who... He has the skills. He's toiling. His acting is above average, I would say. Yeah. And he looks like he does a lot of his own stunts. Yeah. Uh, So I, I don't... You know, he fits... How Scott Atkins couldn't get better roles? I guess it's it's more about when he came about. Yeah. If he'd have come about in the late 80s, early 90s, he probably would have been a star. Yeah, he probably would have been For a little bit. Pocket. I think he gets... He's popped up in some reasonable movies in, like, stunt kind of roles or 
I think he was in something like Doctor Strange, wasn't he? As something, as somebody that's in a fight. Yeah, he might have been. He was obviously in Expendables too. Yeah. So yeah, look, he's he's plugging away in that in that uh, directive DVD slash streaming action field that's not as fruitful as it has been <laughs> in yeah. certain times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But guys like he's he's, he's on a on him and Jai White on the level a of a similar, Jai White. Yeah, they're yeah. in a similar sort of place. They're guys that could do. You know, Jai White came around just at that time where he got a shot with something like Spawn, but hmm. didn't quite stay in that A-list. But you'd fucking have them in these kind of movies any day of the week. Yeah, yeah, He's I mean, I would take a Scott Adkins over a fucking Steven Seagal any day, yeah. any any time. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm certainly... He's, he's, I could probably add him to the list of names of, of people that if I stumbled across one on Netflix and it said Scott Adkins, I'd say, right, let's have a look. And just quietly, the, I saw the trailer for the new season of Cobra Kai. Yeah, yeah. Did I see Thomas Ian Griffith back in the in the saddle as Crease's right-hand man? Yeah. And I think he was in part three. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fucking loving this shit. <laughs> I'm loving this you. stuff. Look at you. They are just, they are delving back into the nostalgia, but yeah. connecting it to what's happening. Yes. In the perfect manner. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm up for it. And just like Gazza Daniels, don't sleep on Ian Griffith. <laughs> I think you might kick your fucking ass. Yeah, um, possibly. So, I... But I appreciate what those guys are doing. Yeah, definitely. Um, with regards to Cobra Kai. It's, it's just been really, really well done. Yeah. And, and I'm really keen for season four because it kind of, it seems like it's coming towards the penultimate part, which is the fight at the Hill Valley sort of tournament or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming back we're, to another one. finally getting back to it, you know. Crease and, uh, and uh, you know, Johnny and Daniel finally kind of on the same page. Let me put it to you this way about Chris. I mean, I love Martin Cove, but fuck, he's not moving. He's not moving quickly. Yeah. Like, he's moving like a 70-year-old. He's in the Dolph kind of uh, realm where we're, we're cutting away <laughs> and cutting back for the end of the punch and things like that to speed yeah. things up a little. We, we, his stud double's 40. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, show 30 years off. Yeah. But that was it for me. All right, let's take a break. And here's the trailer to 2010's Rare Exports. It's the most magical time of the year. When traditions are honoured. And the youngest among us still believe in the spirit of the season. something else than just plain rocks and dirt. This mountain is like a giant ice box. For storing what? Drill deeper. Bear the dynamite. You have a grave to rob. Mingalize Tsuretteke. Hyvä, yo. Santa Claus. Selitä sille, että meillä on täällä pukki myytävä. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. Rare Exports from 2010. Written and directed by Jamari Halanda, who directed Big Game. 
It's produced by Agnes B, who produced Spring Breakers. Francois Xavier France, who produced Everything Will Be Fine. Petri Jokaranta, who produced Jade Warrior. And Newt Schoolgland, who produced Mad Ship. It stars Oni Tamilia as Patari Contio. Jorma Tamilia as Rano Contio. Tommy Capella as Almo. And Runo Juvenan as Pipple... Shit, I can barely... <laughs> Pilpen... Fuck, I can't say it. Pibaran or yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. I can't. The budget was 1.94 million euros, I believe. And the box office was about 4 million worldwide. Now, this came out of the trivia on in that movie database, so I cannot... <laughs> cannot confirm. Cannot confirm this in any way. But there is a piece of trivia that states that Kate Blanchett listed this as one of her favourite films. There you go. Maybe she, did. Maybe she did. Could be true. I'm going to go first here. Really interesting Christmas film. Kind of border borders on action horror. Mm. It's, it's kind of not that horrifying in a sense of gore and violence and stuff, but there is some creepy shit about it. Yeah. Um, but it kind of ends almost with an action-packed kind of end. Or action-related end. Yeah. And I feel it's kind of directed in an action-y type of style. It balances some really cool ideas with some really good sequences. There's a couple of really, really good sequences. It's a touch slow, which is a surprising thing to say considering it only goes for about 80 minutes. But there is a bit of a slow burn element that I found a little bit too slow. But it kind of, it's well shot, it's well acted, and the finale kind of delivers. Mm. The finale's where it hits pretty well. I gave it three and a half. Yeah. I pushed uh, I pushed up to a four. Four? Yeah. I think uh, what you said is, is right. Like, uh, it's no surprise the guy went on to direct Big Game, which is basically an action movie. Yeah. Because it does have more of that sort of feel to it in certain elements. And as you said, there's not many sort of sequences that you would call horror. It's more kind of feels like that gateway horror where mm. there's some really creepy things that if you were a kid and you saw them would probably stick with you for a little while. Yeah. Things like the way that the uh, the Santa that they, they first encounter yeah. looks kind of at stares. kid at when he sees him, he kind of... Yeah, just has that kind of stare that, that, that doesn't go away. He's constantly just staring at him. And, but, yeah, I think it's... It's mainly the story, the presentation of Santa and taking this kind of approach. Yeah. Real winner. Yeah. Um, and I, I like the father-son kind of dynamic that is is kind of so, sort of the backbone of, of yeah. things that are going on throughout. A little bit of humour. I find it to be a yeah, really good little Christmas Christmas fair that, that does kind of take that, uh, that approach to Santa that's very different. Hmm. And brings back the morals in sort of the, you know, the, the, the good and bad. Thing, yeah. and, but sort of does reinforce what Christmas is about, the relationships yeah. with other people and that sort of shit. So, yeah. absolute winner for me. Four stars. From the likes perspective to start off, the whole idea of taking that Santa Claus mythology away from, I think they even say it in the movie, the Coca-Cola Santa isn't real. Yeah. Um, and taking it to that mythology of... Dark and you know naughty and nice has connotations, and you know yeah, there yeah. is legitimate background to yeah. Santa Claus that is not very nice. Yeah, and it takes it to that you know the way that I mean it fits really nicely in in something like the era of Disney movies. Yeah, you know? mm. I, I I'm a fan of Disney movies. I've got kids, so we often watch Disney movies. But it's well known that they kind of polish up scarier elements from old fairy tales and things yeah. like that. So it's kind of it, it fits not nicely in those as a as a kind of counterpoint to those sort of things. Yeah, as a Christmas movie. That's correct. And the the old man that they capture there's really a real creepy look about him. Yeah. The the long hair, the scraggly beard. He looks like he's emaciated. Yep. That that there is a, a real creepy look about him and then when he's remember how well, he's, he's kind of hunched over too yeah, yeah. And remember how he's kind of just in there with the adults and he's kind of like he's not really interacting or anything yeah, yeah and then yeah. when the kid comes in he 
he comes alive, you know? Yep. He looks at the kid. And I thought that stuff was really, really scary. Yeah. I fucking love the image of where they've chained him up. Mm-hmm. He's just fucking hanging back and forth, and then they cut that shot, no one's saying anything, and he's just fucking staring. Yeah. And he's swinging back and forth and just kind of staring, and it's just like, yeah, that's kind of creepy. Yeah. Snowy locations and scenery. Oh, you loved it. I loved Absolutely it. Absolutely loved it. But it feels like Christmas. Like that's that's what you expect Christmas to be in some of these, um, in a lot of these movies, is having snow and, and the snowbound sort of area. It's, yeah. I like the fact that it's taken kind of out into the wilderness. Well, it kind of does what it does with Santa, right? It takes the shine off it. It's not a, it's not a suburban area with lights everywhere yeah. or whatever. It's just it's it's a it's a place where they're obviously not super well off. They're relying on that, that the food coming in at that time of year and whatever. Mm. But you still see it. You still see the lights strung up on the yeah. place and, as you said, the snow and everything, but it's just peeled back a little bit. Yeah, agreed. Really well directed. Yeah. Um, it's really so. well directed. Uh, as I said, it feels kind of action-y in its beats, but it's well directed. It's well handled. There's a lot of nice shots to see there. It sort of raises it above what you would consider kind of low-budget roots because it would seem like it's a low-budget film. Yeah. So it kind of it gives it a sheen and, and, and a look that's a bit more expensive, I guess you would say. Hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Opening scene sets a sort of an intriguing tone, the whole thing about we just drilled into this and sawdust in it. Yeah. Um, you know. Straight away, what is it? Yeah, and then they're like, he's like, you've got 24 days to rob a grave. Yeah. That's what he says to them. Yep. And they give him that block of ice, mm-hmm. a piece of ice. It sort of has you wondering what's happening. Yes, like from the get-go, you kind yeah. of wonder what's going on. And then straight away, when you see the kids are kind of spying on the location, you start to think, oh, shit, you know, is this going to be trouble for them? Which yeah. it starts to sort of turn into. Yeah. But, yeah, definitely a good way to set it up and, and have us kind of on the hook yeah. straight away. I love the shot of the reveal of all the slaughtered elk. Are they elk? Or um, can't remember what yeah, they yeah, yeah. are. Were they reindeer? The reindeer. Yeah. And they're just, it, it sort of rises up, the camera rises up behind them. Yes. And it's sort of like there's a little hump of snow they're standing on and it sort of comes up above them and you just see all these reindeer just yeah. torn to shreds and in pieces everywhere. And I really like that. That's one of those kind of gateway elements, right? It's not particularly horrific. You don't see anything happening, but it's kind of eerie. As you said, as they reveal it, and you just see them fucking strewn all over the place, yeah. and something nasty's gone down. Something's happened. Yep. And something is 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 out there that's done this. So I like, I just like those little sort of touches that it sort of gets you there. And as I said, from a directorial standpoint, it's a really nice shot. Mm. I like the sequence where they set the trap with the the sticks and everything, and the bait hanging, mm-hmm. and they find that the bait's gone. And that's where they find old mate yes. in there. Uh, and that's a cool sequence. You know, they pull back the, the tree branches and stuff, and there he is, you know, just for a split second you see him, and they kind of... And then you they lay, you find you see him on the slab yeah. in the slaughterhouse or whatever it and is. And kind of underrated sort of horror element to it is the fact that they've basically just decided, yeah, we've got to fucking cut him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is like, oh, shit, that's a bit... Uh, this is a bit... Dark. Dark. But then that... That works an absolute winner when he pulls his arm out to start the cutting yeah. and he fucking pulls it back. Yeah, he goes like that. And then it's like, oh, um, shit. The guy puts the knife above his mouth, doesn't he? Just to check Yeah, yeah. And that's that's what it does all the way through. As we said, it's not particularly bloody or gory, but it does those dark kind of eerie elements really well. So I thought that, yeah, that whole sequence where it starts to get to the point that they're fucking so desperate and they're just going to cut it up, but then it kind of spins back the other way. It's Yeah, I really liked the way that it kind of kicked into gear that he's still alive. Yeah. I also like the fact that they kind of slowly tease us about all the potato sacks are gone, the potatoes are still there, all the fucking generators have been stolen overnight. Yep. Hair dryers are gone, and then we find that the kid has been replaced in his bed by that creepy-looking wood, you know, stick man or whatever that they have. Yeah, that was excellent. Those those when he first sees it, when he first finds what's his name, 
Pietari when he first finds the bag yeah. and kind of unveils that thing and you're like oh shit like in your head you're like knowing what he's been reading about you're like yeah. oh that's what he's going to leave in the bed so then when they come back to that and he finds that in the bed of his mate who's missing yeah just a winner absolute yeah. winner because as you said it does look fucking creepy yes very very creepy yeah I think that's uh it continues to kind of build that unsettling atmosphere. Yeah, which yeah the film it does. does very well. It, it does. It builds an unsettling atmosphere about what, you know, what's going on. Why are we? What are we seeing here? What's the whole Santa Claus situation? Yeah. Um, and who is this old man that we've just yes. come across? What are they doing up on the hill? What are they trying to fucking blow out of there? We actually passed up a scene that I really love too, which is where the miners are fucking taking off. Yeah. The miners are getting out of there. And then you see the guy swears, and then you see all the fucking miners' hats hit the ground yeah. around him, and he kind of looks, and you just see the feet in the foreground. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit! Like that was a that was a absolute winner of a of just a fucking five to ten seconds of just ramping things up a little bit and kind yeah. of making us feel like, okay, well this old man is is more than just he's trouble when, yes. when he gets there. Yeah. I appreciate it all that. Again, really well shot too. Yep. I like the pivot of once we've got this guy and we believe he's Santa Claus, we now are going to basically ransom him to the group up on the hill. Yeah. You know. Because you fucking cost us our money. Yeah, yeah. So now we're going to ransom this guy. We've got Santa Claus. Yep. We're going to ransom him back. So the asking price was a million dollars or whatever when they yeah, get yeah. up there. Was that 85 grand? The other bike goes, oh, what do you ask for a million? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. But that also brings up possibly my favourite line of the movie where they're, um, <laughs> they meet that guy and he goes, who are you? Where are my men? And the only one that can speak English goes, yes, yes, we are men. Let's do business. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. love that line. Uh, so funny. Brilliant. It just kind of, you know, in the midst of this heightening tension, we just get this line that, you know... Has no said, real place. Yeah, as we said, it's one of those bits where the horror and the comedy kind of fit well with each other. You yeah. just sneak a line in when we're kind of just tightening up a little bit. <laughs> it probably shouldn't be as funny as it is, but at the moment yeah. it works really well. The twist that the old man is not Santa... He's actually not Santa, you know. The, yeah, yeah. the old man is an elf. Yes, I he's love that. He's just a guy that's there. He's there to protect Santa. Yep. Santa's that fucking gigantic thing in the bloody in that warehouse. Yes. Which has the twenty four written on it, like the yep yep the advent, advent calendar. calendar. <clears throat> which I thought was really cool, and I love the fact they never actually show you Santa in full. No. They just you just see those gigantic tusks. And yes, and I feel like. Look, part of me feels like that's a budget thing, that perhaps they might have wanted to do something with that, but it's another case of that might have worked for you. Yeah. Because the way that you, you worked around it was, was pretty damn good. Yeah. But I thought that twist was, as you said, we kind of go to the adults finally coming along to the, the thinking that this is Santa, and then, as you said, flipping, we're going to ransom Santa, to that's not Santa... That was just an absolute winner. And then yeah. it goes into that scene of... They're looking around the and there's fucking heaps of them around yeah, them. coming from everywhere. Suddenly old mate's got a fucking pickaxe in his head. And, yep, yep. You know, we, we, we start to kick things off there. Yeah, um, I love that. And love it's a that really nice, nice little twist. And and you find out where the kids have been and, and where the fucking all the generators and hair dryers are at. Yep. They're all in there with Santa. Yep. I really like the, the kids stepping up and becoming kind of the hero. Yeah. And, you know, him, his little scheme of running them, getting them to follow the kids on the helicopter and then running them into that electrified pen. Yeah, yeah, that's um, good. And I actually thought that, you know, it never quite got to anything. Like, he didn't die, but the fact that he was going to sacrifice himself and it was kind of, everything's in slow motion and he's yeah, walking yeah. and he says something about... I love the, the part the radio says, says, tell, tell my, dad what I did. Yeah, tell done. my dad what I did. Because that... I mean, that was one of my big likes, was the father-son relationship and, and, you know, the dad trying to harden him up in this environment that, you yeah. know, obviously that's that's what you do. But the kid's lost his mother and the dad's behaviour in regards to that situation, the dad being this hardened up and not fucking show your son any emotion or whatever, mm. is actually part of the issue. I just, I, I kind of liked 
how you know that was the son trying to sort of say you know hey you know yeah, I, I, have, I am brave I am I can do this sort of stuff yeah but at the same time it was like um, it just worked beautifully to kind of put the whole the meaning of Christmas I guess out there is yeah. you know, there's a time to fucking get together with your family and appreciate the people in your life and all that sort of stuff I thought that was a that was a a, a really good element of it and I think it was actually quite sort of emotional somewhat yeah it was good it was good it was sort of a gut wrenching sort of bit when he kind of he opens the gate and says I'm not coming back yeah I thought that was that was good stuff yeah really good definitely stuff. blowing Santa to shit yeah was a fucking nice way to end it and you know they're driving out of there with his tusks yeah. fucking removed <laughs> in the back of the truck as they blow it to hell yes. and again showing those action sort of beats where the explosion goes off and you know it's got a thousand different cuts and you know, yeah like that little sort of kind of adventure sequence at the end there as you said with the helicopter and stuff that was all that was all great stuff yeah 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 really really well played and my last like is the ending how kind of they retrain them all <laughs> yeah. and then fucking yeah, yeah. shipped them off shipped to countries off. as like Santa's for hire or whatever yeah another great line remember when they're you know they're, they're showing him how to fucking cuddle they're using the kind of dummies and they're yeah. cuddling and they give the presents you see one of them fucking grab the present yeah. and the guy walks past and says hey nothing in there for you hairy face <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was great I thought that ending was just a just the cherry on top. Yeah, you probably just could a have nice finished it of... with that sequence and you would have been happy enough. Yeah. But to have them kind of come around to, well, we can still get our money back here. Yeah. And have that bit of happy ending for them is kind of. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was a really nice way to wrap it all up. Yeah, it was cool. Any other likes from you? Oh, I guess the only other thing I, meant, I haven't mentioned is I like the way they build it with just the footprints. Yeah. I they're like, on the roof and yeah, then yeah the footprints you on the see roof the footprint underneath the he looks under under where the, one of the reindeer yeah. and the footprints underneath yeah. it yeah yeah so I like the way they built it with just that before he actually got a sight of anything and I think it was about you know it took about half an hour to 40 minutes before the, the first Santa turns yeah, up yeah yeah and then it kind of goes from there I just like the way that it built as you kind of mentioned it's slow burn occasionally possibly too slow but I like the way that they started with that and it built yeah, built up from there. Agreed, agreed. Anything else? No, that was it. Dislikes aren't a lot of. There's not a lot of not these. Not a heap. Not a heap. The character development is a little bit thin. Yeah, um, somewhat. The father and son is, I think, pretty effectively done with only a few little sequences. Like, they managed yeah. to effectively convey some of those things. Yeah. But the, the other characters you don't know. No, you not You really don't know. Not really. They just kind of show up to be part of... His mate, for instance is just kind of this random kid who seems to pop in and out. Yeah, he's just the bad kid. Yeah, yeah. We we only know that because he says, don't tell your dad, and then we see him with a fucking cigarette hanging out his mouth. It's like, okay. Yeah, it's it's fairly thinly painted in in that regard. And characters like Pippinen or whatever, like, you don't really know much about him other than he plays Santa and, oh, shit, he can fly a helicopter. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) yeah. They kind of... That's sort of... They're there for certain purposes. Yep. Which... You know, I, I'm not hugely down on, but I just felt like it, it It didn't really scratch the surface. And that comes into my second little dislike is it's almost too slight. Yeah. You, it could have been 15 minutes longer. Yeah. And I don't usually say this, but 15 minutes of extra character stuff wouldn't have hurt. Yeah, well, I guess my feeling on this, and it's, it's probably in the same realm as, as your dislike here, is... It's a long time before these blokes are actively working towards the problem. Yeah. Like, it's essentially 60 minutes where they're basically telling the kids, oh, fucking shut up, go to bed, or whatever. And this is... It's interesting that I say you could have added 15 minutes of character development, but there is a slowness to what's there yeah. in that early going, which would be weird for me to say, well, add 15 minutes and it would have been better paced. Yeah. No, it wouldn't have been, but 15 minutes of extra character development would have built those characters better. But I don't think you're wrong. I think, like... Maybe you could have paced it better or found a sequence that started the ball rolling a little better. Yeah. Um, but I, I like. I feel like the, the first hour of the movie, all the adults are kind of there to do, other than Pieter's dad, is is sort of to just say, oh, yeah, we've got to hunt the reindeer. Oh, yeah, there's a couple of weird things happening. 
and then we get one or two moments. We get like the the bit where they're you know Pieteri and his dad are in their house and he's saying, "Are you making gingerbread?" Or yeah. They kind of mention his mum and he says, "Go to bed" or whatever. Yeah. Like, that's about it. But the rest of the time, like you said, that they, they, they spend the rest of the hour just kind of saying, "Oh, who's who's this old guy that we've caught?" Not kind of coming around to any of the Santa stuff until right at that kind of hour hour mark. I, I wouldn't have minded a little bit. And then more kind of them. blowing into all the action stuff. Yeah, like yeah. they kind of find it. They I mean, realise it's like get a, get, a, get a boozy conversation with the parents or something. <laughs> Do something. Um, yeah. Like in terms of just trying to kind of bridge the gap. Because yeah. it kind of feels like we know nothing, 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 nothing. Oh, Santa. Oh, fucking into the. Let, let, let's, let's ransom him. Yeah. And then yeah. We're, we're off, you know, and everything's yeah. happening. So. And it also. It, it, it impacts the. The Pieteri character as well because it's like an hour of him just observing from the outside while the adults tell him to get out of it, and we get we get a kind of a time jump in which time he's doing the research, and we get a little bit of him telling his mate, "This is fucking the real Santa Claus. This is the research that I've been kind of doing." Yeah, and him being a little bit kind of jumpy. But other than that, he's just observing from the outside, which I guess is is part of what is is happening. I don't, I, I don't necessarily feel like he needed to be doing anything in particular. Like the the, the disconnect between the adults and the kids yeah. definitely should have been there. It was there for a purpose. Yeah. But I feel like perhaps, like you said, they could have been working on their own shit a little more before that connect happens, and they say, right, well, we're gonna because even. When they decide to ransom ransom him, Pieter is still in the background until he kind of just says, "Right, here's my plan." Yeah. So you know there could have been a little more about figuring out and what was going on. I felt like it was it was yeah he's seeing the footprints. He's kind of asking around what's been happening. But there, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, and I, I agree a little bit with the way that it impacted what was going on between the two groups. I guess. Yeah. Or even just not even groups. It was basically Pieteri, and that was it. Yeah, exactly. Kind of the lone kid at the end of it. Yeah. So the, I mean, it's it's weird to sort of say add some time, but then say it's a little bit slow in in the early going. But it just feels like not much happens. Yeah. There. I get what you're saying, and I agree. Uh, I think my um, last dislike. <laughs> There's too many wrinkly old cocks swinging around. Oh, fucking hell. She was a fucking old sausage fest at the end there. Oh, I was just like, fuck, fellas. I mean, you know, yeah. could we could do Santa, something about it? Could Santa not have been running around in fucking tiny whities Could he? Yeah, could he have just been in like a fucking... Um, a loincloth? <laughs> well... Just wrap a bow around your cock so yeah, you don't yeah, 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 yeah. A loincloth would have been fine, I reckon. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Yeah, especially where... Um, when they're running into, like, the reindeer kind of hold and it's fucking slow-mo. <laughs> All you see is, like you said, it's wrinkly old sausage just fucking <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> I mean, fuck, I couldn't find a place to look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isn't it a key? You know, this is, this is a film that, that uh, you know, younger people could access. Yeah, 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 yeah. Except for the fact that, you know, we've got the old swinging dicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's barely any gore or anything like that. It's pretty straightforward in terms of those things. Yeah. But then you've got fucking more cock than yeah. a fucking orgy I mean, there was, around. There was more horn on the fucking the Santas <laughs> than there was on the reindeer. Shit. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, yeah. I could have done, could have done without that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure Santa could have found himself yeah, a pair yeah, of fucking yeah. pair of jocks yeah. somewhere along the way. They should have been wearing like red pants or something like that. <laughs> <you know. laughs> yeah, put them away. Just uh, put them wear away. some crackers or something. I don't know. I, 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 I don't something. know where they came from. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure wherever they the came history? from, wherever they came from, it was still um, considered appropriate to wear underpants. Oh, <laughs> surely, when Santa's thawed out, he does say, "Put some fucking undies on. Put your cock away." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, even if it's even if we're suffering the old. Um, 
pee-strike problem where we're attention pairs. Yeah. It's only a couple of people that you're telling them. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it was difficult. It was difficult. The last couple of scenes were a touch difficult to handle. But that's it for me. What about you? Yeah, old mate that's running the digging. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's shade over the top. Yeah, yeah, occasionally. yeah. Just he reminds shade. me of um, that bloke out of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what he's name. And maybe now he's calling he... everyone Fraulein. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of jiggling when he talks <laughs> Yeah. He gets the fucking Ark of the Covenant thing fucking burned onto his head. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what his name is, but perhaps, he face yeah, burns off as well. Yeah, yeah. Now that you mention him, um, perhaps that was... Uh, Intentional because he actually does look a little bit like the, the way that he dresses and stuff yeah, does yeah, look a little yeah. bit like that character. But I could have yeah. done with a little bit less of that. Probably. Yeah, he was a bit over the top. Um, Where are my men? Well, fuck! I was creeped out by Santa, but now that you've turned up, yeah. Christ. <laughs> yeah, fuck. he just seems like a normal bloke across yeah. the street. You look fucking you look like yeah. a weirdo. Now that I've seen you, I'll fucking jump straight onto Santa's <laughs> lap. <laughs> Oh, hang on, he doesn't have any pants on, so maybe I won't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's keep it fucking coach up. Yeah, I uh, feel like there was a missed opportunity where they've got a store center and he fucking rolls out with no clothes on and everyone's like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know those guys are going haywire once they, they, yeah. they arrive at their destination. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> They're reverting back to their fucking cocksweeny days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a police call or something. There's a man standing on my roof. He pissed me naked. <laughs> got a shriveled old cock. You know? <laughs> Yeah. I can't I can't pick him out of a lineup other than if you fucking told him to everyone to drop their drawers. I might be able to work out who it was. Yeah. Oh god. I would have thought I would have thought in the snow too, they'd have just about been turned inwards, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fucking hell, I was in the pool, alright. What the hell? It was cold, it was cold out there. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, Anything else from you? Yeah, my last one was look, are you telling me that Pietri is is going up on that chopper? Just fucking dangling on the outside of the net by one hand? He's just he's got his he's got his walkie talkie in the other hand, he's just fucking hanging on by yeah, one hand. Yeah, that was a bit of bullshit. I'm thinking maybe just yeah, I don't know, just jump in the net or something. No, definitely put your feet in the fucking and hands around <laughs> yeah. those things. Yeah, wrap something up there, but he keeps grabbing the walkie talkie and talking away. I'm like, Yeah <laughs> You're blowing off that thing. <laughs> yeah. That guy's flying around like a He's fucking, it's in the wind, you know, there's snow everywhere. I mean, it was yeah. a blizzard for Christ's Let's sake. Let's not pretend by the time you got onto Pippin and or whatever, he hadn't fucking got, worked his way through oh, yeah. half a dozen at least. <laughs> no. He's drunk three quarters of a bottle of scotch <laughs> prior to getting in the, in the cockpit. Yeah, look, that chopper's bouncing around a little bit. <laughs> One hand is not doing it. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, anything else? No. No, that was the last uh, last for me. Very enjoyable uh, bit yeah, of work for yeah, me. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. Uh, so that is Rare Exports. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Podomatic, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Well, our email address is thrillme at iinet.net.au. Facebook page is thrillme Podcast Australia. And Podomatic, we're at thrillme.podomatic.com. We're also on Instagram at thrillmepodcastau. Keep an eye on the Facebook page for details of the next film. I believe we're moving towards potentially redoing Lethal Weapon. Is that correct, Jared? Well, uh, you for know, Maddie's have... Maddie's purposes, considering yeah. that bloke seems to want to shun. He still has not addressed this, and let's let's be honest, it's one of his uh, KPIs as members <laughs> of the team. So at the yeah. year-end review, we've still, we've seen that he still hasn't ticked that box. We've yeah. got to address that before we, address we renew his contract. Obviously. As everyone would hopefully know, our listeners, we have done Lethal Weapon before, but we're going to re 
re-look um, at it. And we might try and throw in a little discussion topic somewhere along the line just to liven it up, make mm. it a little more uh, interesting because obviously Jared and I have discussed this previously. But this is for Maddie's purposes, so hopefully... Yeah. hopefully we'll be conducting a performance review on air, yeah. asking a few questions. Considering the bloke fucking just about said... Who's Denzel Washington? <laughs> I think he's got shit to learn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can bring him up to speed if he's going to continue to <laughs> make a mockery of this. <laughs> this endeavour? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, I can just feel that he's branching ever so slightly away to a, to a solo Love Island podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Leaving yeah. us behind. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't get me wrong. I look forward to listening to that. But yeah, he's leaving yeah, us you, You'll be on. You'll be on it before yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be on. I'll be on as a backup. All right, but that's it. Until next time, take it easy, and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.